Tasting Anarchy, your wine and liberty podcast. Join Mason and Jake each week as they try new wines and discover how much government is in your drink. Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Tasting Anarchy. I am your host, Jacob Lindsay, and as always, I'm joined by Mason Joseph. And we've got uh, some good stuff to talk about today. Yeah. Um, I, I've got, so, you know, we're always tasting anarchy, which means we're trying out a whole bunch of stuff. So I've got, I got two, I got a beer, I've got a wine, I've got a new restaurant in DFW oh, that, nice. uh, that we liked a lot. Um, and uh, so I'll go over all three of those. You want me to go ahead and start or do you want sure. to do yours first? Well, uh, so going along the line of yours, I, uh, on Friday, I was like, I'm going to Kova on the way home. And I was like, I'm going to get some beer because my birthday is next Wednesday. So I was like, I had people coming over and I was like, my brother was coming over. So like, I'm going to go get some beer. They have like a coffee stout. I wanted to get that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, those little four pack of like the pint hands. I ended up buying six four packs. Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) I went to get two. (laughs) So I got like their coffee. I got their winter warmer. I got a like Munich Dunkel. I got a Bohemian Czech, and then I got a white ale. And I've had one of all of them. Oh, and I got like some sort of frou frou special ops IPA thing, and wasn't bad. But you know me, like I had them all out on the porch. <laughs> oh yeah, mildly cold. Yeah, so, but uh, the coffee porter or the coffee stout. It's like a coffee vanilla stout. It's called Coffee Snob, and they're like so. Kova is a also a brewery and a coffee shop. So like, oh, you interesting. Okay. Co- you, you assume coffee stout, yeah, do yeah. that really well. Tasted like slightly different than breakfast stout, mm-hmm. but right up there with breakfast stout for me. I was just like, this okay. is a fantastic find. But that's yeah, not what I was very good. Yeah, yeah, but that's not what I'm actually going to review because okay. um, my brother. For my birthday, got me a build your own six pack from um, Total Wine. Okay. And he got me a uh, porter in there. And it's uh, Exhibit A Brewing out of Farmington, Massachusetts. Mm. Um, and this is the briefcase uh, American, like briefcase porter, American porter. So it's like malty and dark and all that stuff, but there's, something slightly weird about the malt and it, but not like Hmm. weird and like bad, weird, just different than other malt. So it's Mm -hmm. like, it's like, I don't know how to say this. It's like a little more malty, like Hmm. than you would expect. And like, they're like tasting notes are like coffee and chocolate and like a little bit of blackberry. And I'm like, Nope, just (laughs) malt, (laughs) but it was really good. So, okay. Interesting. um, Okay. Yeah. Huh. It was, a, it was a pretty good one. So, like, I have a bunch of stuff that I'm. What about review. the check one? What, what do you oh, think that, about the check one? So that that that's where I'm gonna have to like get those all chilled and stuff. Okay. Right. Um. So that's the one that that's the one that was most intriguing in the list to me. Yeah. So I think like the Dunkel. I think you would like Dunkels as well because they're just German I, I do, darks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, so, I do like them. Yeah. yeah, the, yeah. the reason the check one, I think, uh, always appeals to me, or anything check always appeals to me, is because of how Pilsen. much our yeah exactly yeah. yes yeah because yeah because 
our form, our, our, my former coworker, your current coworker was so into that beer yes. and it, and I was always trying to figure out what it was. And, and honestly, <laughs> like a, a Texas lager, I think is basically that. Uh, uh, so a little bit when, different. I, when I went to Prague, yeah. I drank uh-huh. nothing but Kozel and there really isn't any, like, it's one of those beers where it's like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. But it is, there is something different about it. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, um, you know, people who eat uh, bagels out of like New York City. Like New York City yeah. has like very specific water that right. plays a lot in bagel production, supposedly. Yeah. California so has I, this with uh, with salami and with sourdough bread. Yeah, the sourdough. It's, yeah. it's very specific and it's, and it's hard to say what it exactly it is, but it is, it's different. Yeah, so that's the same thing with Kozel. It's like there's something different about it. I don't know if it's the water. It's but it's like you know, like when you drink a Budweiser and you're like, yeah, like this is a lager, right? But like, Coors, like uh, like banquet beer is a lager, and like Yingling's a lager, and all of those are completely different. Yeah, yeah. Like so, like but yeah, so. I remember liking it, but I also had probably, I think, one of every one of those beers last night. Okay. And like, I woke up, <laughs> like, I wasn't drunk or anything like that, but like, I just, like, at some point, didn't bring my water bottle in from the house or from the car okay. when I like, went to the grocery store. Yeah. So then I, like, didn't get a cup of water until late in the day. And it was just like, I got more dehydrated than I intended to. So like, I wasn't, like, super hungover. I was just like, I, this was just not a great choice. So I will be reviewing some more of those <laughs> over the next couple of shows. Well, I had a, so, I had yesterday or so I'll, I'll give my restaurant review first Friday night. Um, I had a long, long work week this week and, and it was, it was made doubly long because I, I worked a bunch for my regular job. Plus, as you know, I've been kind of looking for side work. Mm-hmm. And so I had several interviews and interviews are draining to me. Like it, it, it's extremely draining to be cordial to people about like very, like, I, I understand that I under, like I, from like an empathetic standpoint, I know that they don't know me. They don't know what I know, but it's like, uh, I don't know if tedious is the right word, but it's like me explaining to you that I have 15 years experience doing exactly what you're asking me to do a job for is really frustrating. Mm-hmm. So like, but I understand that you don't know me. And so mm-hmm. you don't, you don't know this, but it's also just like, this is draining and tiring. Yeah. So, uh, especially several of the people that I talked to had thick accents. And as you know, I don't hear well. So I spent a lot of time going, excuse me, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm hard of hearing. Can you say that again? Like, and that was also kind of embarrassing maybe i'm not really sure embarrassing is not the right word like I, i'm not ashamed that like i don't hear well <laughs> but but it, also i wish i understood what they were saying yeah but it's also one of those ones where it's like you know now do you feel like it do, does it seem like you're coming off and saying like oh i've got like a disability like when yeah. you're just going like no i i just need you to slow down and like repeat that and enunciate mm-hmm. a little better like i'm not asking exactly for any, like, yeah. accommodation here i'm just right. asking like yeah yeah just kind of just yeah. say a little bit more clear but so i was i was extremely tired and i was like you know what i we i didn't really spend any time with my wife all week because i was just busy and she was busy too so i was like i we're gonna go to a new place for dinner and i'm gonna pick it out and it's gonna be good and uh you know 
I, I'll plan this out. So I did some research. You know, Victoria's favorite thing ever is sushi. I found a place that was sushi Vietnamese fusion and called V's House, which is why I picked it because I always call my wife V when I'm texting. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, I, so I was like V's House and it was, and it was fancy. So I was like, you know what, Victoria, I like this because it's called V's House. It's fancy. It's got sushi. And one of the best picks I've ever made on my own. It was a really good restaurant. We surprisingly didn't have any. Well, no, I had sushi. I had, uh, I had, I, I always get, uh, if they offer it, salmon nigiri. So I always get that. And um, great salmon nigiri. And Victoria got uh, her an appetizer poke bowl of some sort. Um, like a, I don't know what you call it, like a small poke bowl. I don't know. I'm not sure what. I'm not sure. It's like an appetizer poke bowl. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a poke bowl. That's small. Both, both, both of those really good. I, but then I also got like, uh, four spring rolls, two traditional, which is shrimp and pork and two beef freaking awesome. And then I got, uh, an order of, uh, shaken beef, which I, I don't, I don't know what it's, I don't know if that's the normal name. It could be, i maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong. Really freaking good. But it said on the thing, like shaken beef, traditional Vietnamese, stir fried beef really really good victoria though she had the creme de la creme of choices on this which was i have never had this before but a vietnamese crepe have you ever had that um i don't think so uh okay. but maybe i mean since i you know i grew up with a vietnamese guy like i, I would right, say yeah. I, I hadn't had it so like, it's like a in from a vietnamese person it's like a crispy rice patty with mm-hmm. stuff inside of it. So it's like, it's like, it is a crepe, but it's crispy and it's made out of rice instead of flour. Really, really good. Hers was full of like shrimp and all this sort of, all this other stuff. So if you're ever in DFW, um, in, I, I think it was in Bedford. So the, in between Fort Worth and Dallas is, is the town of Bedford. It was, um, it's called V's house. It's fusion, sushi and vietnamese really really good really kind of a fancy place too kind of kind of nice like um i wouldn't say it was like super upscale but it was nice and uh just a great menu a good beer selection too i had um so there's a there's a local brewery that that i go to every year for my birthday because i like it a lot called um uh dang now i'm I'm drawing a blank uh division brewing (laughs) division brewing um, and I think they're very good. They got like a wolf as their symbol. So they, they actually, they had their, they, they have a rotational tap of their beer and they had their IPA that I think is pretty good there. So I had two of two talls of that great Friday night, good way to cap off the end of the weekend. And then when I woke up on Saturday, I was like, okay, I've got, I've got, I had a bunch of errands to run. So I ran, I ran some errands. One of the errands that I ran was to get the, uh, the cylinders for our, our soda stream f- refilled with, uh, with CO2. So I did that. And then while I was out, I went to the total wine and got a couple of things to try. So one of the things that was actually on the menu at V's house was something called, um, Sojo. It's a Korean alcoholic drink. I've never had it before. Um, it's the most popular. It's like, a you know, the Greek, like the Greek stuff, it, that's the soju is their, their, like okay. Korea's big, like liquor. 
Okay, yeah. so that, that's what that's what. So Victoria saw it, but it was like twelve bucks a bottle, and we and we looked it up because we weren't sure what it was, and we and it was like four ninety nine at Total Wine. So she didn't get it while we were at the restaurant. So I picked up some while I was at at uh, Total Wine. I got all the different flavors that they had, and they were and they were all super cheap, and she loved it. So so she's all into so, which is funny is you know Victoria really likes. Um, like Asian sweet drinks. So she's loves the plum wine. She loves the, uh, the Sojo. She loves a lot of the, the sweet sakis and things like that. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting because, you know, one of the things you and I have talked about a bunch in the wine world is that the Eastern European palate, although the American palate is very, very sweet. The Eastern European palate is way sweeter than the American palate. Yeah. When it comes, when it comes to alcoholic drinks, and uh, which I think is super interesting because Western Europe is much more spice and and bitter oriented than ours, uh, mm. and I think that's I think that's it's interesting that the cultures are are like that. But while I was there, uh, I got so you've had a beer from them before. This is Lone Pint Brewery, and it's uh, Zythophile. Zythoph- <laughs> so it's a smash huh. IPA. Pretty dang good, I'll tell you. And this is this is the company or this is the brewery that makes um, Yellow Rose, which is probably my favorite IPA at the moment. This either Yellow Rose or Mosaic from Community. One of those two is probably my favorite. Those are the two I get the most. Uh, and I'm always very excited whenever somebody has Yellow Rose on draft. Community is pretty popular around here, so a lot of places have it on draft. But Yellow Rose is a little bit harder to come by, so I'm always very excited about it. So I really like this. It, it's um, you may know more about this. I don't know what a smash IPA is. I've never heard of a smash IPA, okay. but that's one of those ones that might be something that we've had a bunch. Yeah, and just didn't know I that mean, it was called that. I would say it's it's really really close to a hazy because it's a lot fruitier than a normal IPA, but it also has like a high level of bitterness. So it's like fruity and extremely bitter. So. Um, I thought it was really great. I've, I haven't finished the six pack yet, uh, but it was, it, I thought it was very, very good. And, um, I don't think I've had anything from this brewery that it wasn't good. And I'll tell you what I, what else I got because, um, well, I, I won't say what I, cause I didn't get, I didn't get their other, uh, other beers. This is the only one from them I got this time. Cause I got a Rar and sons, uh, blogger that I wanted to try. Uh, but I haven't tried it yet. So, but there is from this, from Lone Pint, they have a couple of different ones. Let me see if I can find by clicking around here, Lone Pint. Let's see here. Uh, oh yeah. So I, I think I reviewed this a couple of weeks ago. They had Lone Pint Gentleman's Nitro Relish Brown Ale. Uh, that one was really good. I think, yeah. And then um, Yellow Rose is my favorite one that they have. But they also have Jabberwocky. Have I did I review that ever on here? I think you did Jabberwocky last week. Okay, Jabberwocky I think is a really good one too. So basically, I've been going through all of their stuff. But they're they're all they're out of uh, Magnolia, Texas. So it's it's a it's a it's a really good brewery. Uh, I am I, I think I might actually make a special trip down there just because I want to check it out. It's it's very very good. So a smash IPA is supposed to be an IPA that uses a single hop. 
Okay. And a single malt variety. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So also Lone Star or Lone Pint has the Xenophile Lone Hops. It's a series of beers. Oh, is it really? So they've got the Cowboy and they have a Nerd one. Interesting. Yeah. This one is, I don't know if this is the Cowboy or the Nerd one. Uh, So is there a fat guy on it? Yeah. Is he wearing a cowboy hat? Yes, and glasses. Then, well, so the nerd one is he's not wearing a cowboy hat, and the okay. hop is not wearing a saddle. Got it. Okay, so it's this just is the like, cowboy one. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. they, uh, and this is something that Will might want to try to track down. Okay. They have a double yellow rose. Really? Yeah. That that might be one that we should uh, look up. Look up for Childeberg. Yeah. And do something for that. Well, that's a limited release. I don't know what that limited means. Okay. So, oh, Yellow Rose is a Smash IPA. Oh, it is? so oh, interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Magnolia, Magnolia yeah. Texas is outside of Houston. I didn't realize it was that far away. I wonder so, if... Uh, oh, my goodness. Oh, man. I cannot believe I'm drawing a blank on his name. Matty K has been out there. Oh, uh, maybe I, I don't. I think he's less of a beer guy and more of a wine and liquor guy. Yeah, no, I I, I think so as well. Yeah. But I just you know wasn't sure. You know, it's you know how it is. I mean, we've been to a bunch of breweries where it's like, yeah, this isn't one I would normally go to. So I feel I feel like we haven't yeah. talked to Matty K in a long time. I, I'm going to reach out to him. And yeah, see, I haven't like heard any. Yeah, I, like basically at a certain point, like other than like when I hear from uh peaceful treason or um yeah peaceful treason like like will because like we text yeah like i haven't heard about like car and the gang or like any of the other shows in a while so well i think i think i've talked to you about this before and and we'll, I'll, I'll kind of go through it real quick before we get into the other reviews but uh i really think that like the whole covid thing like broke people or of some but like not <laughs> I, like not like like not a like conscious breaking, like where people, mm-hmm. I, I can't get anybody to go do anything anymore. You know, I used to organize all sorts of stuff in DFW. So we would, well, mostly just brewery trips. So like, mm-hmm. Hey, we're going to meet up the brewery. We're going to talk libertarianism and we're going to hang out. And it is becoming increasingly difficult. I tried to get a whole bunch of people to come out for, uh, for when uh, Robbie was here, Robbie did a, a show here I couldn't get anybody. It was just Will and me. That was basically it. Um, yeah. And just like all of our people just couldn't get them to come out. And I, I was kind of thinking that it might be because of where I live now is not in Dallas. But when I kind of like went through all the people that I used to see all the time, none of them live in Dallas anyways. Most of them live in Fort Worth. So, yeah. so, and I choose like Fort Worth places cause it's closer to me or, or place in Arlington. And, uh, just, I don't know. I don't know if like people's like mindset has changed or what the deal is, but, but I just, I just can't get anybody to go do anything anymore. And yeah. I, and one of the things like, hopefully if you, if you move out close enough that we can do stuff together, like I'm hoping that you'll show up and do stuff too. But like a, another good example is, um, Will might do a Super Bowl thing and, uh, I don't, you know, I don't really care about football or whatever, but I want to go hang out with Will. So, uh, 
So I'm going to go over to that. And I'm just kind of curious how many people actually show up. Is it going to just be Victoria and me hanging out? Or is it going to, or will all of our friends hang out? And and the other thing, the other thing too, that like, and maybe I'll get this a little bit more when we have kids is some of our friends have had kids. So like, they're not as frequent to show up and some of them live further away or, or moved out of the DFW area. But it's just for whatever reason, like I felt like it, it has just been increasingly difficult. Even Car and me, like Car and I talk on a regular basis. It's just really hard to get either one of us pinned down. It's not. It's not him specifically. It's. It's like. It's both of us. It's like we used to meet, especially during COVID. He and I were like he was my lifeline, kind of with like sanity. I think because he still came over to our house. I'd cook cheesesteaks or burgers or whatever, and we would hang out and basically go like, "This is crazy, right?" And yeah, yeah, this is crazy. <laughs> but uh, yeah. like that whole thing, like I, I think that was like a major thing. But now it's kind of like, it's just really, really hard to either pin down my skit. And, and what's wild about it is I work from home and I have an incredibly flexible job. Why is it hard to pin me down? Well, and, but it is. And that's, but that's the <laughs> thing that like, and you know, like to to your point of looking for additional work, it's like, I know how you are with the work that you do. And it's like, it just the, like the level of concentration. Cause like, that's also the thing that like Ashley or my wife and I have been complaining about a lot is like, you know, so like the people across the street, like he's in the Navy and like, I think he's on an underway again because we haven't seen him in like a week and a half, but like, for a while there, like, you know, every time we invited them to do something, they'd come over and like, then he went deployed for a couple, you know, while. And then like, and to be fair to his wife, she's got three kids to manage. And one of them is yeah. like 15. And like the others are like, my daughter's age or younger. And like, they would like say they'd be able to come over or they would attend. And then they didn't show. And it wasn't like something came up, you know, just they are busy and totally fine. But like that kind of like, okay, so that was like a lifeline that's gone. And then like our good, like people we were becoming good friends with, like got deployed to like stationed in Hawaii where she's from. And he like, so they were like, yeah, go back and live with dad and then buy a house in Hawaii. It's like, okay, yeah, go live in Hawaii. (laughs) Such a bad thing. So, you know, and then you guys moved years ago. So we're kind of at that point where it's like, you know, our friend, you know, our mutual friend whose name starts with an L is like the only yeah. one who, and like my brother and like my brother yeah. is one of those guys. Like I like hanging out with my brother, but like he's got a girlfriend now and she, we met her for the first time. And, um, but you know, it's that classic, like, okay, like, like I'm hoping like when we get to like, you know, DFW, like you guys, are, you know, you're talking about like, you guys are talking about moving further away. I'm like, you son of a bitch. Like, <laughs> so. Well, what we, we've, we've actually, I, so kind of on that note is, is one of the things we, we are still open to getting f- property further away, but I kind of, our next step is something within the Fort Worth area, yeah. but where we can get some property. And yeah, because kind of one of the things that like I'm envisioning is, so well, I have two possible scenarios is one, down in hill country where we can do Childeberg. The other thing is to move Childeberg up to DFW because it's a great place for people to fly into. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheap flights, really, really inexpensive. 
So and and for the people coming from out of state, it's not a big deal. Where if they're going to Austin area, yeah. or if they're going to DFW actually, area, like DFW is a major hub. Yeah, for American Airlines, so it's right. actually so, a shit ton easier to go to yeah, Dallas. Yeah. So that's kind of one of the things we're thinking about is is getting some property a little bit further out away from the city part, but where we can get some land where we can do Childeberg. I, I don't know. I don't know how feasible this is. This is one of the things that we're trying. We're sort of thinking about, um, but it's. Uh, I am super, super, super reluctant to leave DFW. I, I really like it here, and and Victoria, I, th- I think Victoria likes it here a lot too. I think she's a little bit less attached to it than I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I get very, very attached to places very quickly. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I really, really like it here. And um, although you know, I was never really that attached to Virginia. I, I liked it fine, but it was mostly because I liked everybody that was there. I yeah. like. I like this area a lot. I there's a lot of it that is very um nostalgic's not exactly the right word, but it, it reminds me of my nostalgia where it's like mm-hmm. this is close enough to where I grew up that I like it to that degree and then everybody's super nice. Like it's yeah. like even people that live in the city are awesome. Like it is not even the people who were mask Nazis are pretty awesome. <laughs> like, yeah, they, I mean, they, they were, totally they were nice about it. Like they, yeah. you know, it wasn't like, yeah. So, and that's, that's kind of the thing for me is like, you know, the idea of leaving Virginia where I've lived like almost my entire life, other than when I lived in Raleigh, which I mean, Raleigh. Well, and and in, you're a couple of months in uh, Stockton. Yeah. But like, <laughs> even then, like yeah. that was like a weird vacation. Yeah. But like that's, that's the sort of thing for me, like where, like, and this is like kind of my classic problem. Cause like, so I'm looking on the, looking for houses, just mm-hmm. trying to get an idea. And I'm always looking at Tarrant County. Cause mm-hmm. like, I'm not going li- to like, I don't want to live in Dallas County. Um, yeah. Terrence, Terrence the way to go. If you're yeah, going so, to be in this area. Yeah. So that's what I was looking at. And I've set my Zillow filter to nothing built bef- after 1970. And so many of the houses are just like unappealing. <laughs> like, yes. just, like so many of them are slabs and I'm just like, it's just an that, unappealing yeah. house to me. And for, it drives whatever, me nuts. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's because of the way things are constructed around here or whatever, but from my understanding that crawl space houses are very slim pickings. It, it's pretty much everything's on a slab. Uh, yeah. And that has, that has issues. One of the things that we've learned from living in this house is that the, the, the ground here heaves, and that's a problem for our house because we're on a slab. The ground heaves. It pushes up different portions of the house, which causes cracks in our drywall. And I, I don't, I frankly, like the, the cracks, they don't bother me aesthetically. They bother me in like a resale kind of yeah, perspective. They, they because, bother yeah. you. They bother you probably in two ways. Like one structural, like yeah. what is happening right. Two. It's like, okay, this doesn't impact my ability to enjoy this home, but it detracts $2,000 each one of these from sale price. Yeah. Just giving a metric where it's like, okay, crap. Now I got to fix this. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that, and that was kind of like, I was super worried when these cracks first appeared and I called our foundation people and I was like, what is going on? And they measured 
I don't know how they do it, but they like they have like a device that measures all the corners, and they go, okay, you, your foundation hasn't actually shifted that much. It's 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 shifted like a sixteenth of an inch, and which according to them is not that much. And they're like, but this is what you expect: is that when you have a very long dry period, and we had that this summer, that was kind of the thing. But apparently, that's like a very common, like a common thing that happens in Texas. So, um. But yeah, so uh, s- since we're on the topic of Childeberg, let's go ahead and do a, a Childeberg promo. Uh, so as hopefully all the listeners are aware of at this point, Childeberg has been moved to a new location. It's now going to be on Rebecca Creek uh, instead of where it used to be at Muleshoe Bend Recreational Area. Now it's at a private location Rebecca Creek, and there's some pretty awesome things about this location that I found out this week and put it in the newsletter. So if you're not on the newsletter, go over to childerberg.com and sign up. Uh, but one of the cool things about this location is that they have a stage and a bar on site, and which means we don't have to try to get everybody over to a different location for our show. As much as we love uh, Iron Wolf, this year, everything's going to be on site and um, hopefully we'll be able to, I, I don't know if they're going to stock their bar or not, but whatever the case is, I'm hoping that we can kind of work out some sort of deal with our um, normal beer company and uh, and get that available at the show. But it, if it's, if the show, like, so I think this is going to, I think it's going to work out way, way better because it's going to be, you're going to be able to kind of go over to the show when you want to go over. We can kind of separate the music and the comedy nights so that on maybe on, on, uh, Saturday, uh, on Friday night, we have comedy and on Saturday night we have music or some, or vice versa, or, or kind of mix it up in a different way. Uh, it, it gives us a lot more flexibility. So I think that's really cool. It's a little bit more expensive this year than it has been in the past. So it's, um, it's $60 for the weekend. Uh, that comes with uh, a primitive camping site for one. If you're interested in uh, glamping or a bunkhouse, that is $85 a night, but you have to do that through Rebecca Creek Campgrounds, which um, if you look at the most recent newsletter, you can go to the link there. Or if you don't have the most recent newsletter, I have a link for it on the Childerberg webs or the Childerberg Twitter page. Uh, I should probably put it up on the Childerberg website actually too. So um, that way people can kind of book through there. There's a very limited amount of glamping space and a limited amount of bunk bunkhouse space. So it could actually be sold out, but I don't know for sure. I'll have to text them tomorrow, but going to be really awesome. Same as always, there's, there's access to the river. So if you're coming out, make sure to bring a bathing suit. Uh, the river has never gone dry. So that was my biggest, my biggest question for them was because they're on a, they're on a river instead of on the big lake. What, how, how's that? They say it's never gone dry. It's always been deep enough to swim in. So, um, so hopefully if there, hopefully there's no drought because also I want to have fires this year, but, uh, otherwise I also like to swim. That's my, my second favorite thing about Childeberg is being able to swim whenever you want to swim. Well, you, you know, remember me last year, I was badgering everybody to go swimming. Yeah, always. Yeah, you always are. Yeah. And, and I, and I was always like, ah, but, <laughs> but that's one of the things I like. I, I love swimming in the lake and it, we don't get to, we don't get to do it very often. Um, 
but I think it's going to be a really great campsite. There's also for anybody who is interested, there's RV spots, uh, with hookups. If you don't want to hook up, just buy a space through Childerberg and we can get you put, put in the, uh, our camping area. If you don't need hookups or anything like that. Um, cause you know, it's, you know, sometimes if you want waste disposal, you got to pay for that. But if you are just going to live off your generators or whatever, don't worry about it. Just give Childerberg the 60 bucks and we'll get you a space for your RV. Uh, but besides all that, uh, it's going to be a really cool year. Robbie is going to come again. So he and I were talking, so he's going to come in. He's got some new material, uh, that'll, that'll be pretty good. He's got a couple of comedians coming in with him from Austin, uh, which we'll announce later. Uh, I'm hoping, well, Nikki P is already confirmed. So Nikki P will be there again. And I think that'll be really fun, especially since it's going to be on site. Nikki P will be able to do whatever he wants to do. Uh, I'm trying to work out a karaoke night for us to do. So anybody who likes karaoke, will have that at the bar probably. And, um, there's a couple of other bands that I'm interested in, but we'll, we'll see what materializes, but sign up for the newsletter on childerberg.com because that is where you're going to get all the information that you need. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Pretty it is pretty awesome. awesome. All right. Should I do my last uh, review and then we'll wrap it up? Yeah. Do your last review and yeah, then we'll, we'll cut it from there. Okay. Uh, so my last review is what I'm drinking tonight. And it's in my Messina Hoff wine oh. glass from our uh, New Year's party. Nice. So this is this is good. I've got a good review on it. It's um, I'm going to try to pronounce it, and I'll probably give. Uh, uh, let me go and copy it over to you, so you can try to pronounce it as well. Uh, <laughs> here you go. So it is Reserve Des Vig. Nernos, big Vigarons. I, I can't say it. Preserve days of Sumar Champagne. <laughs> Champagne Cabernet Franc. Yeah. So this yeah. is a this is a Cabernet Franc from Loire that I've never had before. Uh I for whatever reason they had one bottle of it uh at Total Wine. My guess is this is a mass-produced Cab Franc from Loire, but I've I've never seen it, and I look through my notes because you know I have a, I have a I have a notes on the wines and stuff that I've tried. I didn't see this one, but uh, it's um the so that that name the uh, Salmour Champagne is um, the appellation. So, but I don't I don't know I get. To me, I, I'm not familiar with this area at all, but I would probably give this like out of a you know rating of five, I'd probably give this a four. It's good. Uh, I've had better. There, I would say the I would say the you know maybe the the palate part that's stretched a little bit too far is it's a little bit too tart for um, for the profile. So it's. It's a lot more tart than a lot of the Cab Francs that I've had from Loire, but it's elegant and it's it is smooth. It is it's got a, a decent tannin level. Um, it's it's basically what I would expect from Loire, mm-hmm. and at the price point, fifteen dollars a bottle, great buy. It's a dollar less than the one that I normally get, which is um, 
I, I also bought it that same day, so I can go look it up on my receipt. Uh, the one I normally get is Suve Signy Chinon Cabernet Franc, which is from a different appellation, the Chinon appellation. And I would say that is a lot more smooth and elegant and more balanced. This one is a little bit more aggressive is not the right word because I, I tend to appreciate aggressive a little bit more. It, I would say that it's just too tart for it to be balanced. Uh, okay. So it, it's not aggressive. It's just like kind of wildly out of one lane, Yeah, in, but not yeah, in, in like aspect. aggression. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's good. Uh, it, it is a little bit more, um, tannic i would say than the other one it's also it's not an off flavor but there's like a with the tannins and the chalk with the tannins there's like a chalkiness that's also kind of pronounced and then Mm -hmm. also it's very tart so it's but it's good i like i like it i it's a dollar less than the other one um i probably a dollar less is not really going to do it one way or the other for me. But if I saw it again and the other one wasn't in stock, I'd get this. Yeah. So uh, what's interesting. So the the Wikipedia article for Samur or Samumar, however, like the mm-hmm. appellation. So like it's very interesting because they talk about like that they're predominantly known for sparkling wines from the traditional method. Mm-hmm. That the red wines are predominantly Cab Franc, and the main variety is Chen Blanc for whites. Mm. But they had a little thing in the subsection about the appellation where, like, if it says just Samar, it could be red, white, red, or rose. But Shamar Champagne is always red. And then they have Cotoex de Shamar, which is sweet white. And they have Samar. So, so, Mosuex or like something like that, which is their sparkling. And they have Cabernet de Samar, which is for rosés produced from 2015 before Samar Rosé for 2016 and after. Mm. So like, it was very interesting. But in August, apparently they have like some sort of like festival and they set up like a kilometer worth of tables and have like wine and cheese and like local fare that you can come out and try. We got to go to that. that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, this sounds fun. That sounds really cool. That yeah. sounds really fun. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I really, really like one of my, you know, we, you know, I talked about it during this episode a bunch is like one of when I make more money kind of thing. And when I'm a little bit more like I always say when I'm more free, but I think I kind of make my own constraints because theoretically I could really go travel and do whatever I wanted to right now because my job is very flexible but um i would really like i would really like to go spend like a couple of months in uh italy mm-hmm. in in uh like bologna like the, those types of places where like yeah. it, wine country with good food and all that sort of stuff and i would really like to spend a whole bunch of time in as much as I dislike Europeans, <laughs> I would like, I would really like to spend a lot of time in like Loire, like p- the parts of the parts of Europe where I don't think they're pricks. So like, um, Slovenia and like, uh, Romania and like the rural parts of France and the rural parts of Portugal and the rural parts of Italy. Yeah. Well, like I would really like to say, land at Heathrow 
in like June and spend all of June in like England. Yeah. And then July in France and then like August in like the Rhine Valley in Germany would be pretty cool. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. And then like September in Northern Italy and then bug out from there. Yeah. And then maybe like in the early spring, go to Portugal and Spain. That that would be really cool. I, I, yeah. One of the, one of the, actually, and this is like a recent thing that I've been thinking about a bunch lately is, uh, is taking like a couple of weeks and being in Cornwall. Mm hmm. And Cornwall has actually a pretty thrive, a pretty thriving wine industry for sparkling, and yeah. uh, which you and your wife would like. I, I, I could probably be tempted by it, but <laughs> my wife doesn't. Care. Yeah, my wife is like you. She's a little less into the sparkling. I'd be like yeah. all over it. I'd be like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, all the well, sparkling. That's, that's one of the things is where they, where like the Cornish always. Uh, I guess what they all they said the only thing that men compete over for the smallest is the smallest bubbles. And, and that's the smallest bubbles in Cornwall because apparently it's it, they according to them it's a higher quality sparkling wine than champagne, and uh, and they have their own culture too, which I think is interesting. Cornish is like the it, it's a it's a Celtic culture that is within England, so it's like it's it's a Celtic culture in Anglo-Saxon world. So it's like there's a lot of interesting stuff there, and it's a really beautiful place too. I, I've just been I've been watching a whole bunch of videos and stuff about it, and like. If I can get if I can get our stuff worked out and you get your stuff worked out too, we're gonna yeah. do a lot of uh, traveling and I think it'll be a lot of fun. That'd be good. All right. Well. All right. Let's uh, uh, let's wrap it up. I yeah, guess. Stay uh, free, everybody. Yeah. Stay free and check out childerberg.com and please come out to Childerberg. Yeah. All right.